welcome to Risk Chats with the firm. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today we have another great collaborative uh, podcast between AGA and Affirm. We're going to be talking about the uh, ERM report that came out from at AGA based on the uh, AGA Affirm ERM summit held last year, and uh, we'll also be talking about the summit that's coming up this year. So let's all get excited about that and uh, listen in to this podcast and see what we learned. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we are going to be speaking about a couple things. So there was an AGA Affirm joint uh, ERM workshop back in uh, last year, early last year, and there's one coming up in April of this year. So we uh, wanted to get together with some of our friends here to talk about some of the results of the last one um, and the white paper that was written on that and also to get into some things happening in the new one. So why don't we go around the table and of course we've got Tal over here. Good morning, this is Tal, and I bet Paul's gonna be sure to actually post the link to the white paper next to the link so you guys can open it up and flip through it while you're listening. That's right. <laughs> How about Bert? Uh, this is Bert Nearing. I'm a partner with Crow. This is Thomas Holland. I'm a manager with Guidehouse. And Sarah Choi, a manager with Guidehouse. Okay, and uh, we say regrets Marianne Roth wanted to join us today, but she wasn't able to make it, so we're gonna Give her her own podcast, hopefully. So we'll give her a call and see if we can do that. So uh, why don't we jump into it? Uh, maybe Thomas can give us a little overview about what the uh, workshop was all about. Yeah, let's start with that. Sure. Yeah, so this is an annual workshop that the Association of Government Accountants and the Association for Federal Enterprise Risk Management put on together. This last one, which is the one that the report was written about, was the third one. Uh, the fourth annual workshop is actually scheduled for this April, April 29th, so definitely encourage people to register for that. Uh, we call it a workshop, and that's really exactly what it is. When these two groups came together to start planning the first one, we didn't know what it was going to look like, but we did know one thing. We'd been both hearing from our members that they wanted more on ERM, mm -hmm. but specifically they wanted more practical examples rather than conceptual lectures. Right. So the way we decided to structure the workshop is really built around that request from the community. We came up with three topics and we try to get as specific as possible on those topics based on what we're hearing at that time from our members and everything. And we have presentations from experts on the topic, but then we follow the presentations with facilitated small group discussions and exercises at each of the table where the participants share their thoughts, the takeaways from the presentations. Uh, sometimes they even go through an exercise. And so they share examples of what they've been able to do with their agency based on the topic or what they hope to be able to do. And there's a designated note taker at each table. So we then use these notes to produce the final report. So ultimately the participants walk away, not just with a better understanding of what's taking place at other agencies on the topic, but they also have that report to refer back to. All right, Thomas, I'm already interested. You say I have to register. Who do you want to register and how would they do that? Yeah, so it's really not only geared towards ERM practitioners, it's also others that are interested in risk management or just interested in learning more about enterprise risk management. So it's really open to anyone and you can do that at either the Affirm website or the AGA website. Thanks. Actually, not, are these government only or are these are everybody's in, uh, avail able to join? Anybody, uh, well, sorry, uh, I should clarify that. So. 
Actually, it's government only, yeah. but they there is uh, sponsors typically, oh, and right. so yeah. if you sponsor the event, you can send two people, and then those sponsors yeah. are the ones that actually get to facilitate the um, small group discussions. Very good. So um, maybe we'll go through this whole thing first, and then we'll sort of talk about the one coming up. How about that at the end? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so the three sessions, and we're going to talk about each one. So I just want to give you sort of the titles of what they were. The first one was about cyber. So basically, um, you know, how can we add value beyond implementing ERM? You know, how does ERM intersect with cyber risks? And uh, the second one was a little bit about A123 Appendix A, going beyond the financial statements. And the third one was about... Uh, you know the, the organizational culture you know some some of the risk uh, elements around that so actually I'm gonna start here with Bert to uh, kind of kick us off with the cyber risk so um, again with the white paper you guys put together and the discussions in the room you know what what did you all hear about the benefits of uh, kind of managing cybersecurity through through ERM you know what what are the ways that some of these organizations out there could integrate cyber into their management yeah thank you Paul so what we what we learned from the uh, speaker was that ERM can help ensure cyber risks are translated and communicated to each tier of the organization. And translation of the risk uh, going up to upper management is as vital as the translation of the required response of the to the risk at other levels of the organization. So if management can understand the risk through effective translation of the risk terminology and cost benefit, for instance then decisions can be made to better manage those risks. Uh, for instance, how does an organization budget to incorporate controls to respond to or mitigate a certain risk? Mm -hmm. Effective communication of the risk will also help reach all of those involved with the risk response throughout the agency to appropriately respond to those particular risks. So an ERM framework can effectively provide the structure to manage the cyber risks through the capture an evaluation of the risks and determining the appropriate responses. Then those, those risks can be evaluated throughout the agency to determine the financial operation or reputation impact on those particular risks and to develop then a comprehensive approach to cyber risk management. So it's not like pretty much everybody Cyber is in their list of risks. I mean, that's, that's just that's a, right. across the government at this point. Right. And, and Bert, I I know any time you walk in the CIO office and they whip out 853, 837, risk management framework saying we've been management, managing risks in CIO's office, you know, for a while. 15 years yeah. before you yeah. guys ever pulled out an ERM. We've got mm -hmm. lots of risks. How did, what did, in the workshop or in the discussions, how, how does the existing CIOs uh, establish risk management processes tie into the A123? Uh, structures. Yeah, I, th I think that's an important aspect, as you as you mentioned, Tal, that that the the ERM framework is is newer to the management and and monitoring of the of the cyber risk, and so I think it's important for the agency CIO to work closely with the CRO or the, or that community to to make sure that they are communicating those, and it's important that the communication be in terminology that everyone understands. And oftentimes mm -hmm. that creates a barrier that um, you know, causes confusion around how to respond appropriately to cyber risks. I've even heard just the word risk management, people get confused by that. It's like, oh, we, can, we, do, we, we do something called risk management. We do something called continuous monitoring. It's totally different from what you're talking about. So yeah, they get that taxonomy down you know, across the organization. 
Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of challenges, what were some of the other challenges you guys talked about there? So as as we broke into table table discussions at the session, there were a couple key challenges. First off, quantica- quantification of the business impact of the cybersecurity events, including awareness of the threats within the organization uh, by agency leadership as well as by staff within the agency, and then determining what is the effective response to, mm-hmm. to manage those particular risks. There's also a disconnect between the terminology used, as we just talked about, between the cybersecurity uh, professionals as well as other agency personnel. And so if we can quantify the risk, we can help determine the remediation steps that are necessary to ad- address those risks, and including you know, understanding that cost-benefit relationship. Um, but you know, quantification of the risk can be very difficult and challenging because of the constant threats and the changes to those threats on a regular basis. And so it's important then for uh, that information to be provided to everyone within the organization in an understandable manner. And so, uh, you know, as agency leaders need to develop what what appropriate tools that are needed to manage those risks. And then the also the the understanding of the personnel of the agency to recognize when they're threatened by various cyber type risks and so the the table uh, discussion really then centered around how do we address that and um, communication and education we found to be some of the more key elements of managing that risk and they felt that uh, training is critical and um, that, that the training today sometimes lacks the emphasis on everyone's responsibility mm. within the agency to manage cybersecurity risks. And so the desire was for more hands-on training and instructions to everyone to understand the dangerous aspects of cyber risks. So, you know, I don't know if you remember the answer to this, and, you know, I won't put you on the spot, but, you know, you talked about the difficulty in quantification. Did you hear any suggestions about that, or did things, that discussion well, reach I, a conclusion? I, I, think, I think with regards to the quantification, it, it really is around, um, you know, getting back to uh, having an ERM program can help gather all of those types of risk that an agency faces. So, mm-hmm. so getting systems in place through an ERM process can help gather what what you're hearing, what what kind of threat is out there, and then you can share that across the community. And the CIO then can can evaluate that as to how do we respond to that and how like certain threats might be to each other, and and really address those in a consistent manner and and in an agency wide manner. Yeah, I and mean, we've had several podcasts about cyber because it's such a hot topic, and I think a lot of folks. They don't quantify it till it happens, <laughs> and then they know how much it costs because they had to pay a ransom or they had to do whatever, you know. So it's it's one of those hard to quantify, but then it happens, and it's like I wish I would have done that before. Right, and it, <laughs> and as more information is available, as as you you know you experience this, and as you and I think through an ERM program, as you gather that and track those risks, you can then better respond, and you you can better quantify what's coming. Absolutely. 
Well, why don't we jump into session number two? I think Sarah's going to help us out here. So uh, again, this was the topic was A123, Appendix A, and kind of going beyond the financial statements, or what, what can you do in addition to that? So um, I think one of the first uh, topics here you guys talked about, um, you know, there was a revised circular back in 2018 at this point. Um, you know, based on some of the changes that were in there, how did agencies want to start tackling these revised requirements? Yeah, sure. So this conversation um, got very interesting, and hopefully, this can be some inspiration for some you know agencies to 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 be more tactical tactical about how they how they approach um, um, you know adhering to the new requirements. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go through a list here, but. Yeah. Um, this, some of the things that uh, folks talked about were um, using ERM practices to review and refresh risk rankings uh, to identify areas that might be over-controlled uh, and uh, do not need as much focus. So they can start taking some of those resources and, and looking at areas that are less controlled. Mm -hmm. Agencies are also um, uh, asking why certain things are being tested. Um, there's been a sort of... Uh, a cadence where you know just keep doing it because you did it last year and the year before and yeah. ten years before that and so now they're asking themselves um, why are they doing it and um, taking an ERM perspective and and considering residual risk as as they think about what uh, areas need to be uh, tested. Um, some are conducting reviews uh, not every year but going to a you know every other year and some are even going to. Um, every three years uh, for certain um, areas, uh, process areas. Right. Um, there are folks that are scaling back compliance exercises. Hmm. Um, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not saying they're not going to meet it, but it, it just goes to the whole uh, idea of maybe some things are over-controlled. Yeah, the risk-based approach regardless, right? Right. Mm -hmm. right. So they're scaling back control testing. They're, um, and uh, as part of that too, some agencies are um, taking away from maybe the financial control testing and looking mm -hmm. at programmatic and entity level controls. Um, this is an area that you know, across government uh, seems to be an area, an opportunity. Right. And so, uh, you know, they're just moving resources around now. And um, let's see, uh, some other areas uh, include uh, acknowledging the need to move away from uh, uh, compliance focus activities and using data analytics so uh, a lot of it's very similar here but mm -hmm. um, yeah l using uh, other uh, sets of information that th that might already be in the agency uh, to figure out uh, where they can kind of move around their resources since you know a lot of agencies are not getting any extra resources to do uh, new you know to adhere to new requirements so, you know, Tao, I know pretty much everybody in this room, I'm sure, has worked on A123 assessments and work. I mean, how are you guys, uh, you know, some places you've been, how, how are you guys incorporating the ERM approach or starting to look at non-financial processes and, you know, how's it affected your A123 program? Yeah, you, Tao. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, yeah, one of the first things that come off is with the Frida, which which requires, mm -hmm. you know, requires us to have a, a integrated agency-wide perspective about identifying and monitoring and using data to monitor uh, those related fraud risks. First thing we did is we went through all the existing uh, control evaluations where when you're going through your objectives of the processes, especially in financial, and identifying those areas where 
there were control gaps or weak controls that were related to fraud. And then we started there, uh, putting that together in an agency-wide risk register prior then to going out to the programs and getting the more difficult ones that uh, is kind of like family business discussions of corruption. How could management be corrupt and what would their incentives be and where is the greatest uh, opportunity and incentives and culture-wise within our agency or, or where, and then going from there into the, you know, the misappropriation of assets. And so that was the first one because the, the, inter, the internal control portion had already done all the foundational legwork so we could then leverage that and then bring that into that fraud risk. So that's that's one that immediately pops to mind. Yeah, because well, and you guys are looking at, you know, traditionally A123 looks at the financial processes, obviously, but mm -hmm. starting to look at other reporting activities too, right? Like with the i which is part of yeah. the new appendix that com yeah. comes out where mm -hmm. You, know, you take a list of your major external reports and you do a materiality assessment of which ones are the most important and then basically doing the exact same uh, you know cycle of recognizing recording summarizing and reporting what are the controls in place in each piece of that cycle for that kind of programmatic data that's not financial yet is you know relied upon by external readers yeah well that sounds like from the workshop that's what agencies are talking about taking that ERM mindset and applying it now to how you do these reviews so so why don't we, uh, I think there's another area too you guys talked about, it was um, kind of the workforce. How would the work, you know, how would the workforce need to change a little mm -hmm. bit here? So this is more thinking, forward thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and, and some of the, the conversations were around how can we better leverage ERM practitioners? And so uh, a lot of the, the participants talked about how uh, a lot of agency ERM practitioners can't are basically like business consultants within mm. the agency mm -hmm. and so um, leveraging them for for work around controls having them uh, assist them in in mapping the controls to uh, agency strategic plans and and a lot of your know, practitioner practitioners have have um, a lot of um, uh, good perspective all across the agency. So to bring sort of that um, um, business unit to business unit perspective, um, cross-cutting, um, uh, I think that there was a sort of a, a um, coming together of minds of, of having to you know use those resources in-house uh, more going forward. Um, another thing that came up is about um, the increasing um, play of technology. Uh, some agencies are already exploring blockchain and other other um, intelligent automation, mm -hmm. um, like RPA, yeah. uh, robotic process automation. So it's it's looking at a workforce that um, can are 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 skilled in this space, and so. Um, it's it does require mean meaning like perhaps you need to bring some of those folks inside in 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 house. But mm -hmm. uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier in, in terms of cybersecurity, it's it's training, right? Bringing the right training to to uh, agency staff about um, you know technology. Um, other things include um, controls and ERM ERM uh, domains that. Um, uh, complement data science and data analytics and so uh, there's there's this uh, shift that needs to happen and that that agencies need to start planning for that now 
Sarah, if you went and uh, opened up the uh, the report, which you'll find on a link that Paul's going to provide, <laughs> yeah, what is what is the how do how does the presentation provide the summary? What is, what does it offer on this session? Um, so. Uh, uh, we had a, you know, we had some um, guest speakers that that spoke. So uh, the we talk, you know, there's a little summary about that, about mm -hmm. um, right. the, the insight that was provided there. But you know, just it's the discussion that was had uh, about. But there's there's a series of bullet points in each one of these session areas from the workshop takeaways, right? Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. What what are the what are the bullet what are those what are the topics that those bullet points were on on this session? Were they like challenges, identifying challenges? Are they uh, solutions? Are they recommendations? On well, this? Yeah, I think I just uh, tell some of the things that were covered, including you know tackling the data quality, right. uh, as well as as, uh, as Sarah talked about with the future of the workforce. You know, kind of looking at some some bullet points and and what agencies are doing to that they've done to help manage the workforce changes so that examples, are coming. Examples, examples in a workshop from the participants of what they're doing to to respond to the challenges that were identified Correct. in the workshop. Yeah. So it's both like a challenges and a recommendation session. Yeah. Right. Okay. right. And, and some of it actually is a, a little bit of a wish list too. Mm -hmm. um, some agencies talked about like, it'd be great, we don't have plans for it, but we'd love a CRO. So right? recommendations right. too. Right. So, sure. yeah, challenges, yeah. what people are doing right now, and then mm -hmm. recommendations for future action. Right. Right. Yeah. So just one thing I'll plug here. So I actually had a podcast recorded last week with uh, the CRO for Canada, the Canada Revenue Agency, a CRA. That's right. So uh, and uh, yeah, because he was actually he was at the Affirm Summit last year too. So something they mentioned that I thought was really interesting uh, is that they basically th see themselves as ERM consultants to their agency, just like you said, mm -hmm. Sarah. I thought that was a great way to look at it because they say, you know, we're only so big. We have maybe four or five people at the at the high level for the whole agency, but we deploy our folks down to the you know the sub offices there and consult with them, help them figure out how to do their own ERM you know assessments and programs and profiles, and, and then that helps the whole you know that's for the good of the whole agency. So I mean I think that would be I mean I'm sure some federal agencies are already doing this, but I think that would be a great model to to follow. So. I, I think that's a great point. I, yeah. I think if effective use of of people in that role as consultants can really help because because the whole intent here is to help an agency and it's not the it should not be the gotcha type of added you know approach to right. this and so that's why viewing those ERM professionals as consultants can help an organization realize the benefits of, of the program absolutely well why don't we hit on session number three we'll give uh, Thomas here a chance uh, so this again was part about the organization's culture, and uh, I think one of the things that we talked about here was, um, you know, why why did organizations feel that uh, the culture itself was integral to a successful program? Yeah, right. So, well, the culture is really the attitudes and behaviors that come across every day through the interactions employees have, the decisions that leadership and others make. So all of these things have a major impact on how well the organization is able to manage risk and pursue its mission and vision. So you can have the best risk assessment process, you can have the most advanced EGRC tool, but at the end of the day, that's not gonna be enough if people aren't comfortable raising risks, mm -hmm. discussing risks, yep. and if the leadership and others aren't making decisions and behaving in a way that really aligns with the core values of the organization. So that that's really why it, 
culture is really so integral to ERM. Yeah, I mean, you know, from folks we've talked to on here, I mean, if, if you didn't really have that strong, enthusiastic support at all levels, or especially high levels, things just don't happen. They don't, you know, folks have tried to stand up programs, and they just don't work. You know, mm -hmm. the culture is like super important with that. Yeah. Um, now, so speaking of that, what, what did participants say were some ways they could build, you know, this culture up and, you know, uh, mature it, get people involved, measure the, the how this culture, you know, measure where it is. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the discussion focused on, you know, before you can influence culture, you really have to understand it. Mm -hmm. So to do this, some agencies are conducting surveys. Um, some of them are actually using existing surveys that are already in place, such as the Federal Employee Viewpoint Survey. Sure, the FEVs, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there are several questions on that survey that right. can be informative about an organization's attitude towards risk. Uh, actually, a couple of years ago, some agencies got together and developed an index to measure and track this, similar to how you know there's that employee engagement index. Mm -hmm. uh, so the surveys are often followed up with more targeted discussions or focus groups. Uh, and then some organizations even review decisions that have been made specifically through the lens of, did this decision reflect our core values and align with our mission and vision? Right. Uh, but ultimately, the key to all of this is tracking results over time and reporting on the results and implementing actions to actually affect cultural change where appropriate. So really reporting on culture is just as important as measuring it. Makes sense. All right, I think Tal's itching to ask a question. What you got there? Well, just from the, from the workshop, and like I said, they, there's a lot of summary. What are, what are one of the highlights in terms of when they say either do an assessment or then trying to influence the culture? What would be like some of the highlight areas that, that from that from that discussion were some of the more prominent points? Yeah, so I think, do you mean in terms of what they get out of that? Uh, what cultural aspects are, are lead to greater success within the agencies versus what cultural aspects might be great impediments right. to the implementation of an effective ERM program that, that really adds value to agency performance and strategies. Got it, yeah. So earlier, I think somebody mentioned tone from the top, and mm -hmm. that really kept coming up as being critical. But they also talked about tone at the middle, because mm -hmm. that's just as important. Um, and making sure that there are regular communications at multiple levels that are kind of reinforcing the core values and the behaviors that are expected of the organization. And also making sure that employees are engaged because if you're not engaged and you're not really truly invested in the work that you're doing, then you're less likely to do what you need to do to help the organization meet its mission, including better manage risk. Yeah, and I would assume you know, a lot of it would just lead by example too. You got these senior leaders that really are into this program, and they, you know, there's communications. There's, you see them as a as a good example of how you should act. Yeah. So how thick is this uh, white paper report from uh, 2019? What sort of strenuous read are we uh, <laughs> are we proposing to our listeners? Yeah, it's about 200 pages, <laughs> and that plus multiple appendices. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it's about eight or nine pages, um, and you know some of that is actually uh, introduction and table of contents. So it's a, it's a medium sized cup of coffee. Yeah, exactly. All right. And, yeah. and what would you what would you score it on the entertainment and enjoyment level? 
I think it's I think it's engaging, Tal. I, I I think I would look at it because there are so many practical items that have mm-hmm. been uh, that surfaced, especially during the tabletop discussion groups that we had, that are incorporated in here. I think you can really. As a reader, if you're involved in risk management, you can relate to some of the concepts that are brought out. If you're not involved in risk management within an organization, you can read it and say, oh, these are some of the things that I need to understand, or I can I, I now understand why the agency is communicating certain things to me because of what was covered in the content. When I did my read, uh, on one hand, as just the good old reader who's involved as a practitioner, I said, oh, there's others out there. Because when he saw the challenges and the obstacles, a lot of it's gonna resonate. Mm-hmm. And then when they see the steps that people are engaged in, in terms of the managements that we're working with saying, the reason why we're recommending these steps is these other folks are doing it and getting success by these steps. And then the same recommendations when we're trying to lay out a path for the maturation of the program, just from the workshop and say, look, this is, these are not isolated, uh, ideas from from this staff here. This is what the community yeah, is right. discussing as the right path to move forward. So I found a lot of kindred, uh, a lot of kindred spirit and comments in there that was useful for both my own understanding and to share it with staff, and then to share it with the programs that we're working with. Because when they read it, like it is, it's a cup of coffee. It's a pretty easy read, and yet it covers a lot of important ground. So I, my, my applause to everybody that uh, was at the workshop that put it together, because I think the report's a great resource. Absolutely, and now we can plug in the one coming up. And actually, I just realized this was an AGA, well, I didn't just realize it. It's an AGA Affirm combined uh, uh, you know, thing here, so I think we have two podcasts in one. I can publish two, how about that? There Send me go. some time. Yeah. yeah. All right, um, well, okay, so uh, why don't you guys uh, give us a little bit of uh, you know sneak peek into what we should expect this year at the workshop. Do they already have the topics? Uh, we, we do have the topics, yeah. So as, as Tom and Thomas mentioned, uh, the workshop is scheduled for April 29th, 2020. Um, so it's coming right up here. Uh, we have three topics. So, so the first one is uh, more on integrating the risk management functions throughout the organization. So how can an organization take these risks and, and integrate? And so we I, we feel that that takes off from from this white paper and the last session and and talking a little bit more about the maturation mm-hmm. of the ERM process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, another topic that we're we're going to have is uh, hearing from the IG offices. So the inspector generals play an important role in this, and and learning how the inspector generals offices and the CROs can work together to enf- enhance the practice of of ERM within the agency. So it's it's getting beyond this uh, this fear tactic or the, the fear of, you know, what is the IG going to do with if they see my ERM program? A quick quick intersection. We, uh, if you look back a couple of risk chats, we had Robert Westbrook from IG at PBGC who mm-hmm. leads the SIGI group on the standards for uh, assessing and interacting between the IGs and the agencies. So I, that should be yeah. a topic because now when that rolls out, the IGs should be ready to engage in a more standardized, directed format with uh, audits, evaluations, oversight of agency year and programs. So, sorry that, to interrupt. But. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's great to hear. And then the third area is opera, opera, operationally 
looking at the risk appetite. So how do we operationalize that particular approach to managing the risk and, and looking at it at all levels of the organization? So I think really exciting topics coming up. Uh, Thomas, yeah. Sarah, anything to add? No, I just encourage everyone to register for the next event. Yeah, and th these are very uh, timely. We like literally just had another podcast about the topic number three right there. So this is all right on top of everybody's mind. And again, we encourage everybody to, to go. And uh, thanks again for another uh, good chat here, everybody. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. And make sure to attend that upcoming AGA Affirm Summit. Another wonderful work coming up here in April. So I hope you have the chance to check it out. And of course, all our other podcasts on AGA and Affirm's websites. So until next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Risk Chats with Affirm.